Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hello, and thanks for hanging out with us. This is Shira and Ryan in the studio together. Yes, it is. And, and we have a good show today. Oh, my God. We have Betty Who joining us on the show. Very excited about it. 4.25 p.m. Pacific, 7.25 p.m. Eastern. Last, She's our first yeah. celebrity of the year, by the way. We haven't had any celebrity guests on the show. I feel like we have. We just need a We haven't. Back. No, we haven't. That's something I would remember. Okay. Because well, we don't really book that many anymore, and we should. We're, we're going to do a better job of doing that. Um, we book the everyday celebrities, the people on the front lines of life. Yeah, but I'm talking about like special guests. That's what I'm talking about, like special celebrity guests. Okay. Like, she's a musician. Yeah. We haven't really, I mean, we've had Lizzo, of course. <laughs> I mean. Of course. Um, but besides that, like, she's kind of like our first. Well, it's nice to have her back. Uh, we haven't seen her since... Like when we're both doing it. Yes, exactly. Not like one-on-one. We haven't seen her uh, since uh, when <clears throat> we did a Zoom with her during COVID. But she has been taking over everything with her new single. She's got uh, a new dating show she's hosting. So I'm really happy for her. Busy, busy year for her. Yes. And I'm just happy she had time to stop by and chat with us. Exactly. That's always cool. And uh, we're also going to be talking about Macy Gray, who's speaking out about her recent statement about trans women. We'll see if she can get herself out of this one. That's in the moment in the T-Report. Let's get into some what's trending this hour right now, though. I mean, I was surprised about this when this came out this morning. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced his resignation and said he would continue to serve in post until his party selects a new leader. Here he is. And to you, the British public, I know that there will be many people who are relieved and uh, perhaps quite a few who will also be disappointed and I want you to know how sad I am to be giving up the best job in the world but them's the breaks he really had no choice though like yeah. I mean the only choice he had was to do this and then also his speech was just not that great yeah, well, uh, nearly 60 conservative lawmakers resigned from his government this past week, saying he was no longer fit to lead the country. Uh, but once again, you know, th- this has happened in the past. I mean, I don't know how, how this is, if how historic this is, but, you know, with, for someone like him, Didn't who does... Winston Churchill also resigned? This was a long time ago, like yeah, in modern, I mean, modern history. But then also... It's not he, like the first time this has happened. But like that I remember as um, as someone who's like grown up watching this. I don't remember like something this intense where that many people resigned in a week. And then also the fact that he does remind us of like the Donald Trumps, right? 
would Donald Trump have resigned ever? Like, I thought he would be literally hanging on for dear life, so I'm happy he finally did something. I get the comparisons, but also, like, I just feel like there's no comparison. Like, when, and also, like, he had, I don't know, Boris Johnson is his the, own the, separate thing. Um, his, he wasn't causing that. I mean, he was causing terror in, over there, but he wasn't causing as much terror, I feel like. It was more scandal-plagued. Um, and, yeah, the, the country ended up fighting back against him. Well, fighting but back I in the also one. have to be honest, I don't deep dive into the UK, like, governmental, like, issues. Me neither. So. There's no high level, and we've brought him up before. He's not necessarily perfect. I knew this was going to happen, though. Yeah. Well, moving on to President Biden, who awarded the Medal of Freedom. It's the nation's highest civilian honor to 17 recipients at a White House ceremony this afternoon. Honorees include Olympic athletes Simone Biles, Megan Rapinoe, former Representative Gabrielle Giffords, and as well as um, Apple co-founder Steve Jobs, Senator John McCain, who are no longer with us. Actor Denzel Washington was going to receive an award, but had to skip it because he tested positive for COVID. And finally, Kai Shapley, we've actually featured her uh, video. She is an 11-year-old trans activist in Texas. She was a Yaz Queen of the Day. Uh, She made news today leaving the state after fighting anti-trans bills there since she was five. So she had shared on July 4th a photo on social media showing a yard sign that said garage sale and wrote in a tweet, my mom sold her home and everything that doesn't fit in her car because the state I was born in is not safe for trans kids. Anyways, happy Independence Day to everyone who gets to celebrate that. It's a really sad reality check there. And also, um, I hope, you know, she continues to live, be able to live her life as a child instead of having to be an activist. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? So Elon Musk had more kids and he's... I saw this yesterday. I couldn't believe it. Time for the T Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Um, so he appeared to confirm he secretly welcomed twins with someone named Siobhan Zillis. Um, and by he actually confirmed it by tweeting, "That's he's doing my best." Quote. That's a quote to help populate the earth. What he said? Doing my best to help the underpopulation crisis. A collapsing birth rate is the biggest danger civilization faces by far. Mark my words. They are sad. Uh, they are sadly true. He's trolling us. No one wants more Elon Musk around. Not even your own kids want more of you around. Speaking of the trans daughter that oh, is yeah. like going through. Um. Yes. Yeah, so basically, he is now a father of ten. Which is, which is wild because I feel like in the ways that people discuss like Nick Cannon, we don't see that same blowback when it comes to Elon Musk, which we could really dive deep on and why mm. that is. But like, no one makes the same jokes. He's just out of here, like you know. I didn't even realize he had ten kids. Yeah, I feel like him and Nick Cannon actually have the same amount of kids. <laughs> he added um, tweet his it kid, out. He Ryan added his no. I don't. That's I don't. I don't need the Elon Musk bros like Shira to jump into my mentions. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> there is. I mean, you gotta admit, you you love that. I would man. be into what you were saying. I'd be like, you're right. Uh, you Tell also me more. really like Elon Musk. <laughs> Literally, it's so true. I, I don't. don't know why you don't own it. I'm publicly. You don't right own it publicly. Here. I don't. Uh, I like. I don't like him. Meaning, I like him <laughs> less and less. Years ago, I was like really. I've been really intrigued by what he's created, but it's becoming worse and worse as time goes on. <laughs> and so more I had to troll her. I had to troll her just for at that moment. Like the ways that she liked him, it was wild. Anyway, um, he added his congratulations to those with big families and hope others would grow their broads too. Um, he said maybe Tesla should make a highly uh, configurable robo van for people in cargo. 
I can't. Either way. I um, mean, I would love, uh, actually, there's a Tesla SUV. I've thought about that, you know, as I expand I my family. However. <laughs> you, in what ways have you expanded your family? As yet? I look forward to. Okay, that's your team report. We got more coming up next hour. Next up, Brittany Griner has pled guilty. What came out of the Russian court today next? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. U.S. Olympic basketball gold medalist Brittany Griner pled guilty to drug charges in a Russian court today. Griner, who has been detained since February after Russian officials said they found cannabis oil in her luggage, faces up to 10 years in prison. And back up with us right now is Michael Lavers, an international news editor at The Washington Blade. Thanks for being here. Hi, Shira. Thanks for having me back. Uh, so, obviously, very unfortunate. Is this what we thought was going to happen? I mean, she obviously did have that um, the the cannabis oil, but it was empty. They found, like, the smallest amount. It was obvious that it was done or it had been emptied, and, like, it seemed like they were just using this against her. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really... It, it's really... Um almost impossible to predict what Russian authorities are going to do. But certainly today's development in Moscow is the latest in a series of developments in this long, drawn-out story. Um, there's certainly been some speculation that I've seen and that others have noted that this guilty plea was part of a strategy to help secure her release. Eventually, oh. uh, that remains to be seen. But um, certainly it was a little bit of a surprise this morning to see that she pleaded guilty. But um, the trial continues, and it's important to note that a Russian official, after the um, latest hearing this morning, said that uh, there's no release going to happen until um, the court issues its verdict. So it's still a wait and see. Yeah. So can you, I guess, for anyone who has, who's seen this story, I mean, it has been national news, but I also feel like it's a story that you could probably let just like slip away. Can you give us like a timeline on how long this has been going on? Yeah. um, She was detained back in February and the context against which this is happening, of course, is Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, um, Brittany Griner has become a pawn in this geopolitical struggle between Russia and the West as the war in Ukraine continues. It's very unfortunate, but unfortunately, that's the reality in which she and um, her supporters find themselves. There certainly has been increased pressure against the um, Biden administration to secure her release. I know that uh, Brittany Griner's wife, uh, in particular, has been quite vocal in her concern that the White House is not doing everything that it can to help secure her wife's release. Um, You've heard comments from her coach and from other supporters um, noting the fact that Brittany Griner is a lesbian, she's a black woman, and all of those things factor into concerns that this is not getting the attention that other athletes in a similar situation would be receiving. So it's it's a very, you know, it's certainly a very concerning situation. And it does seem as though it's starting to get the attention that it should have received from day one. But again, she's still being detained in Russia almost um, five months after her she was taken into custody. It's still a very, very concerning situation oh, for yeah. her. 
Yeah, and, and with this happening, I guess, where do we see this going? You said this is part of possibly a plan. I, I can't imagine her having pled guilty without some some sort of strategy, including with the fact that Biden did call her wife finally. Right. And I think that's a really important thing to note. Um, her wife, as I said, just said, was certainly is certainly increasingly vocal and critical of and of the efforts to secure her wife's release. So the fact that that call actually happened, I think, is a positive step forward. What the negotiations may or may not be, um, nobody really is, nobody can say for sure unless they're directly involved with them. But perhaps we're going to see something where um, Brittany Griner's release in exchange for a Russian prisoner that happened with the Trevor Reed case a couple of months ago, but that remains to be seen. They're holding their cards very close to their chest to yeah. their chest at this point, but still, it's an extremely concerning situation. And um, obviously, there needs to be a solution sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I also wonder what conversations is this moment bringing up? Because it does feel like I've been seeing, oh, well, if this was LeBron James, this wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. Also, like, I think the larger conversation that I've been connecting to is the fact that WNBA players even have to go overseas to, like, because of the amount of money they make here in the States, they have to go overseas to even, like, earn more money and play basketball in other countries. I, like what, what are some of the conversations culturally that sh we should be focused on about this situation? Yeah, I think, I think what you just noted is certainly something that we all need to take into account. I was watching an interview with her coach this morning on CNN and she made that exact point that these folks have to have to play in countries like Russia, Turkey. She also mentioned Israel because they're not making as much money in the U.S. as their male counterparts are, and that's you know that's a really unfortunate indictment about the situation with um, sports. And so that's certainly one conversation that needs to be had, and I'm really glad to see that that is happening. But um, once again, you know, the pay disparity, we have folks like Brittany Griner competing in countries like Russia during the off season in order to um, make more money. That's just a real damning indictment on the situation in this country. And hopefully, you know, if there's one thing that could come out of the situation once Brittany Griner returns to the U.S. is that these disparities are addressed and real concrete action is taken to address them. But um, certainly that is one important conversation that's happening against the backdrop of this really horrifying situation. Definitely. Well, thank you for joining us and for your reporting about this. That was Michael Lavers, international news editor at The Washington Blade. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Okay, what's coming up next, Ryan? Well, I know you've been asking, especially if you are in support of abortion rights across the country, you're probably wondering, well, what abortion funds do I need to support beyond Planned Parenthood? Mm -hmm. Well, that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, if you're one of the majority of adults in the U.S. who support abortion rights, I know you're probably wondering what abortion funds you should probably be supporting. Well, most would say Planned Parenthood, but guess what? There are other options. Joining us to break everything down is Katie Way, the senior staff writer at Vice, who did an incredible article about this. Thanks for joining the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. You know, I think it's so easy for, um, especially, I, uh, I I work in the nonprofit space as well. I consult with, like, GLAAD, and oftentimes, those are, like, the easiest ones to remember. The GLAADS, yeah. the Trevor Projects, the Planned Parenthood, all these org big organizations that get the national attention. 
why is it important to think about exploring other options and not just the bigger ones? Totally. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, sort of for exactly the reason that you say, you know, these smaller autonomous abortion funds are the ones that don't get all the attention and they don't sort of come up in the same like knee jerk reaction of like, oh, you know, this issue is happening. Let me donate there. Um, And oftentimes, you know, not that it's bad to donate to an organization like Planned Parenthood, but at the same time, those are, you know, the organizations that are already funded and have a huge fundraising apparatus, whereas people working in these, you know, smaller abortion funds don't have the same ability to sort of get get money, get donors and like reach a wide audience. Definitely. So, uh, you know, as a, a writer covering this, how did you decide to choose which ones you wanted to showcase here? Totally. Yeah. Well, I, I think I just called out, you know, a few um, sort of regional ones in my story. I had written a little bit about Frontera Fund previously um, when those SB8 restrictions came down in Texas. But in general, I think uh, where I found my information was from the National Network of Abortion Funds, which has this really great database uh, where you can sort of search state by state, region by region, and figure out, you know, how to either support local abortion funds or support abortion funds in areas that are most affected by the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Yeah, and I I think what would also be helpful for this cause is, you know, Lizzo, she just uh, donated like $500,000 of her tour um, her, her tour revenue to Planned Parenthood. And I think when mm. people see, you know, large celebrity backing, people are like, oh, it's safe to go there. Yeah. But oftentimes, I, I think there's a there's another side to that can, that could be kind of viewed as not problematic, but just like, well, it, does it feel lazy or performative, you know? Sure, yeah. And I think the thing that really differentiates, you know, like I, like I write in this story, um, Planned Parenthood, an organization that, you know, also provides a lot of, sexual health services and like public education and things like that. Like that's really great, but they are not, you know, the majority of the work that they do isn't actually about providing abortions, whereas abortion funds are a hundred percent dedicated to, you know, providing abortion access, whether that's like literally helping people pay for abortions, helping them pay for transit, putting them up, you know, Mm -hmm. just that's like their sole purpose. So I think, you know, that's a that's a really key difference to highlight. That's what makes Planned Parenthood different from abortion funds. That's a, that's a good note around that. What tips do you have for people who are looking for uh, different nonprofits to support either locally or somewhere that's impacted by this? Especially internet intersectional, um, you know, organizations. Yeah. So, again, like I mentioned, the uh, National Network for Abortion Funds has uh, its own database where you can sort of search And not only can you see, you know, regionally or, you know, either what's near you or what's in a state like Arkansas or Texas or the Dakotas or Tennessee, where, you know, abortion is either totally illegal or heavily, heavily restricted. Uh, But, you know, the National Network of Abortion Funds also, like, highlights exactly what each organization does. So you have a better idea of, like, precisely what your money is going towards. And, yeah, I think just, like, Knowing knowing regions, like knowing who lives somewhere, knowing who lives in like surrounding states is what is going to help you, you know, uh, find find funds that aren't just, you know, working with pregnant people. They're also specifically serving like 
undocumented populations mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, immigrant populations, like people of color, you know, like queer uh, specific care, stuff like that. So I think that is the best resource to find that information out. I think it could also feel very hopeless when it's like, okay, there's obviously there's a need to support people right now, but then it also there's so much on the policy level. Uh, are you finding mm-hmm. that as we, we're looking at, you know, ways to create action around this? Yeah, well, I think, you know, something that sort of I find very heartening is that a lot of the people who work with uh, these abortion funds, like these are not organizations that sort of cropped up overnight. And these are not people who entered this space, uh, you know, just recently. They've been preparing uh, for stuff like this for decades, you know, since Roe has been threatened since it like, you know, first happened. Like this is a long term ideological project on the American right. So I do think the people who are most entrenched in the space, most familiar with the challenges, have also, you know, been doing a lot of work to ensure that it might not be legal, but to get as many people safe abortion access as possible. So I find that very heartening. And like also like avoiding the scams of it all, because there are some out there that Mm -hmm. people have been Mm -hmm. like, you know, calling out. And so thank you so much, uh, Katie Way, for your time and for this article. If you want to check it out, head over to Vice.com. Katie Way is a senior staff writer at Vice. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, what's coming up next? Well, Macy Gray is responding to the backlash over her comments about trans women. What she had to say on The View today, next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So you might have heard Macy Gray, Grammy-winning singer, was on the Pierce Morgan show and talked about trans women and um, had something very problematic to say, transphobic, and got called out for good reason. Uh, Well, she responded to all of this on the Today Show today. Uh, Should I say what she said? Yeah. Yeah, all right. So as context, you know, what Macy Gray said. Macy Gray originally said... Unless you have the clip. I mean, it's going to take um, As a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. If you want me to call you a her, I will, because that's what you want. That doesn't make you a woman just because I call you a her. Just because you got a surgery, you can call yourself whatever you want. So a lot of people weren't happy about this. And now she is reacting and sharing, you know, her response to everything with Hoda. Here it is. Well, uh, I never, of course, meant to hurt anybody with with uh, what I said, I'm a, I'm actually a huge, uh, I think it takes a lot of courage to be yourself, to, to, to go out in the world and be honest about who you are. And uh, so I think anyone who is uh, in the LGBT community is a hero and, and sets an example for all of us with that, you know? Um, so I said some things uh, that, that, uh, didn't go over well. My intention was never to, to hurt anybody. I feel bad uh, that I did hurt some people. And and I think it's, it's um, you know, just about education. It's about conversation and, and us getting to a point where we understand each other. And Okay, so that's what she has to say. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I mean, I think... Um... <laughs> I, I here's the thing. I think you know she's obviously doing damage control. That's, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. She wasn't very prepared, even in what seems even like that. To talk like you would think it. she had gone over the script. Um, I think well, when the Piers Morgan clip is what's really telling because when she said what she said, she led into it by saying, "I know I'm going to hurt a lot of people's feelings." And <laughs> so, then when you go yeah. into the Today Show and you're saying, "Oh, I didn't intentionally mean to hurt people's feelings." Both the math is a math thing. And so I'm not necessarily really sure where she falls if she's just doing control damage control because she has an album coming out and she wants to see sales. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I just feel like she probably still feels the way that she still feels. And hopefully she can will continue to go on this learning educational journey that she's talking about here. Um, but I still think, you know, if this wouldn't have gotten a whole bunch of backlash in the way that it did, then guess what? we probably wouldn't have had this moment on the Today Show. Or if we would have, it would have just been her promoting her album, like originally planned. Yeah, that's true. And and if Pierce hadn't asked that question, yeah, we wouldn't have never known this, right? And then, well, I think it would have come out sooner rather than later. But Somebody had to yeah, ask. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, I just wish, and I, I get the, the whole statement was a, a, a quote-unquote apology. I just wish she did just say, look in the camera and say, like, I am sorry. I'm sorry, I have work to do. There's no excuse. That's the thing. I don't focus on what I think I wish people would have said because if they would have said it, they would I know. Have I'm just saying it. like that in my, I'm like, uh, you like, I get you were, you basically said I have a lot of work to do and you didn't like necessarily double down on the statement, but you didn't necessarily apologize. 
Yeah. You know. So there we have it. The response from Macy Gray. We'll see. The Macy Gray. Uh, yeah, we'll see how this impacts you know the rest of her working career because I know she was like trying to to get back. I don't think really anyone cares about Macy Gray. That's <laughs> actually really true. Well, she's um, kind of lost a lot of fans. And yeah, a lot of people. No one cares anymore. Sorry, girl. Well, next up, the National Education Association is making parenthood more inclusive. We'll tell you how next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Uh, but stick around because we've got a very special guest joining us on the show today. Betty Who is here at 425 p.m. Pacific, 725 p.m. Eastern. You might have seen her out and about at Pride. And now she's stopping in to talk about her new dating show and music. Plus, a cheer star is heading to jail. Ryan's got that tea in a moment. <laughs> you sound so excited. <laughs> I did it. Oh, you did. I was just trying to be a bit more, you know, lean a in versus lean. cheer star getting locked up. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's get into some what's trending this hour right <laughs> so now. Funny. Uh, Fox News' Peter Ducey uh, asked Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre about the National Education Association's proposal to change the word mother to birthing parent. The largest labor union in the country, the National Education Association, had been proposing a a resolution for future contracts to replace the word mother with birthing parent. What does the president think about proposals like that one? So we're not the NEA, and I would refer you to their team about that particular specific. The vice president just spoke at that conference, though. The first lady's a teacher. The president says he's the most pro-labor president ever. Does he support proposals like that one? Does he think that is an important priority for... And the First Lady is a proud member of the NEA. I am not going to speak about uh, a an organization's um, uh, policy or change of policy. I am not their spokesperson, not something that I'm going to do. Yes, the Vice President was there on Tuesday. She spoke at NEA. And when they did, uh, uh, when they did regular order, when they did their regular business, she left. So she was also not part of that discussion. So, uh, yeah, the context is there were leaked documents from this assembly convened this week by the nation's largest teachers union. um, And there's a proposal that they might begin pushing uh, the use of LGBTQIA plus inclusive language like birthing parent instead of mother, non-birthing parent instead of father. And um, so, yeah, it's inclusive language. But, of course, Fox News had to bring that up, you know, to ruffle the feathers. that was so much trending this hour. Stick around for more news coming up. What's happening in entertainment? Yeah, cheer star Jerry Harris has been sentenced to 12 years in prison in his child pornography case, according to multiple outlet reports. It's time for the T Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Um, yeah, so it's really interesting. The former cheerleader, 22, uh, pleaded guilty to one account of receipt of child pornography and one count of traveling with the intent to engage in illicit sexual conduct. According to TMZ, who was the first to report this news, Harry was accompanied by friends and family as he awaited his fate on Wednesday. You know, he was charged back in September 2020 when the FBI searched his home in Illinois and charged him with producing child pornography. Authorities claimed he solicited sex from minors at cheerleading competitions and coerced teen boys to send him inappropriate pics. Now, did you watch the most recent of Cheer yet? Like, have you not even the, gotten to it yet? Not the latest season. Yeah, this latest season, yeah. Um, they did a whole episode titled Jerry, and um, it was really rough to watch. And, um, you know, he's been in, 
he's been just like sitting in jail waiting for, I guess, this hearing and to, to finally know what his sentence was going to be. And so, yeah, it's it's wild. You just, you just, I mean, you don't really see this often. Like the way that he quickly rose to fame and then quickly fell from fame. It, yeah, it happens. Uh, including, you know, uh, people who, you know, where this happens suddenly uh, one, he was just obviously doing bad stuff, but I think that they don't understand the repercussions of being put in the spotlight and you will be called out very quickly when you bad do bad things. Stuff. Yeah. Right. Not realizing the implications of being in that position. He was gross. Yep. His anyway. actions were. Mm hmm. So it's unfortunate. <laughs> That's your team report. Okay, well, next up, uh, we're going to be getting into how to be less judgmental. It's something we can all do a little Who's less a of. judgmental one here? Oh, I guess we'll see next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, I saw this article and I thought to myself, we need to talk about this today. I wonder why. It's how to be, it's for all of us. We could all learn. I didn't say it was about me. <laughs> how to be a little less judgmental. Uh, being critical all the time is exhausting. So he... They give you tools on how to dial it back. Before we get into those tools, um, I guess, how do you feel like this shows up for you? In what way? I don't know. I feel like, you know what? I consider myself, quote unquote, some like uh, not a judgmental person, but then I'll be saying things randomly. And like, um, even my, you know, my boyfriend will call me out being like, that's a bit judgmental. Like, oh my God, you know and what? I guess I, in what way? I, judgmental as in like judging someone or what? Like Usually it's someone. You Like usually, I mean, you could judge situations, but literally sometimes you, by you judging situations, you don't realize you're actually kind of also judging people. Um, and there's a difference between making a critique or giving feedback and literally just, um, I think, constantly, you know, judging or gossiping about people around you or... I think there's even subtle ways that it could pop up and you might not even realize it. Yeah, I think there has to be a um I think there has to be a a clear distinction of what this means because I think critiquing or judging someone not even I I don't even think sometimes critiquing or judging can go in the same sentence. No, it shouldn't. Critiquing yeah. is asking someone to do better. <laughs> and and asking someone because you are requesting that someone meet their fullest potential because you know that you've gone through this this like this similar things have popped up and you're just saying hey these are things that that keep coming up and we should work on or you should work on it and whatever way I can offer in that support right um, the judgmental part of it I feel like is that exists in a very nasty negative place where there's really no compassion or empathy um, but I I. I don't, to me, to be, if I'm being honest, I don't think I'm a very judgmental person. I do think I'm a very highly critical person. I, I think there's, you know, things should be done a certain way. And yeah. I think when you're working with folks and when you are a part of certain, like, you know, work things specifically, I think there's just that there's, there's just a line of professionalism where if there is critique, then that is valid, valid and necessary to make sure that the entire job and the entire task that all, everyone is involved in looks good on everyone, right? Because if one thing falls to pieces, it could all look bad on every person that's involved. And I think critiquing is super, super f important for that process because nothing is above critique. Nothing. nothing. Is, well, yeah, we should always be open to growing and learning and all that. 
Um, I think that in, in this case with this article also it references how we've become so digitally connected and, and we kind of even with uh, whether we have our names on our profiles or not, we kind of learn to judge afar or we there's less repercussions around quote unquote judging. Right. We we haven't um, we are learning and, and maybe aren't in necessarily the best place in terms of giving like constructive criticism because we're just used to kind of, you know, calling someone out or well, dragging them on to, social. If you're or, not used to, if you can't get it as well as dish it, then that's the issue. Like if you are not willing to be open enough to like take critique, then you really probably are not the best person to give critique. Uh, I think that if you are a good taker, then you're a good giver, probably. But also, there's I, I think yeah. that you need to meet someone where they're at, right? I think In that what you have to know your audience. In what you have ways? to know your audience. What does that mean? Because right, that just you. sounds like a damn excuse to yeah. know, to get to how find somebody I give where you feedback at. is probably different than how I'll give someone else feedback. No, but I mean because based on my relationship with you, how do you mean by meeting you, someone where they're at? So knowing how someone learns and understands, and it's like love languages, right? So like no 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 this is true. It How I give as someone who has um, led teams and has been a boss, but also been someone who's under people, I think that every, you need to understand how people receive information. Yeah yeah yeah. Like I agree with that. if you expect like well I'm gonna just do the same blanket thing and like just because and it's feedback you should listen. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. I, I just think it's not productive because once again like in the end we're all different humans or different times and place some might might be in a crappy place in their life and like you have to be okay i have to give you feedback knowing that maybe this is a difficult time for you but well, still is there, a lim- is there a limit to that i think that's just a smart way to navigate the world is, knowing but that, that is there a limit limit to, that? to what is there a limit to always meeting people where they're at because if people aren't if the person that you're always constantly meeting to where they're at if they're still in that same spot Honey, we got an issue. That's that's a problem. If they're still, if you're still meeting them at that same spot that you're meeting them oh, well, in, you're, where there's no growth or any well, evolution, that's an issue. Well, yeah, I think that if you're talking about a friend versus a colleague, I'm talking I mean, about yeah. it all. I'm, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but then also, friend and colleague, I think is completely two separate also, things. Also, there's another word that Friendship, comes in here. You got to use it. In there's another word that that comes in here that kind of also relates to this article, and it's the word acceptance. At a certain point, you're either accepting, you know, someone as they are, and then you're like, okay, I can handle this, I can handle this, or I can't, and then that's your own boundary, right? Yeah, that but you if set. you, but that's the thing, acceptance only, acceptance exists also in a place of privilege because yes, you can accept that. Let's say this is a working environment, you can accept that. Oh yeah, maybe I'm working with someone that's not going to change, but. I also know I can't handle it, but guess what? I don't have the privilege of financially being able to quit my job to go somewhere else. I don't have the privilege of being able to, like, you know, navigate spaces where I can easily find a a source of income. So acceptance can't always just be, oh, I have to accept the way this bad behavior. We're not talking about, like, abusive behavior. You're in an abusive situation. No, see, you're being, you're being, that's being, that's a little facetious. I'm not talking about, I'm not, or hyperbolic. I'm not talking about, Abusive. I'm talking about if you are just simply um, you and the person that you're working with are on two different ways and you're constantly you can't just accept people sometimes at where they're at because sometimes that is just accepting like bad behavior or accepting laziness or accepting like whatever fits into that category for you that's been bothering. You. Well, in this case, as we wrap up, there are three ways to go about creating peace with that and learning maybe 
that it's not working for you, obviously, if it's driving you crazy. Look inward. You should have made this a... Um... <laughs> Practice curiosity, compassion, and empathy. And finally, as we wrap things up, because I want to have some action items... Stay. Yeah, I love these it says, words. stay in your lane. There are very few Period. things you can do to convince people your way of thinking and living is ideal. Love that. Save for the occasion where, occasions where someone's behavior is dangerous and harmful. You know what? That's kind of we can control our behaviors, I've our asked, thoughts, and I've, our actions. I've actually learned that. I've I've Office. learned that in so many ways because there's only so much critique that you could give, and then especially when you are a person of color in work environments, like you're automatically going to be deemed uh, in a certain light or in a certain way. And so sometimes it's just best for your peace, protecting your peace, to just like say, "All right, you know what? One day." This person or whatever the situation is will end up getting to the space where everything will come together in the ways they will. So people will either leave or people will either change or whatever. But sometimes it's it's not even worth it to like critique and it. focus on what you can control and what you can do, which is you can control protecting your peace. Yeah, I love it. Next up on the show, California is expanding a cultural competent programming for LGBTQ foster youth. We actually have someone from that center joining us for more next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Governor Gavin Newsom recently announced the final 2022-2023 fiscal year budget. It includes $5 million for LGBTQ foster youth programming. Um, And joining us right now to talk more about this is Joe Serda, who's uh, the Youth and Family Connections Manager at the LA LGBT Center. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes. So I know that the LA LGBT Center was very happy about this, weren't you? Absolutely. Yes, this was definitely a a very good day. Uh, So tell us more about what this means. Where's this money going? So this means that this money is allocated to youth that we're able to provide services for. Um, that includes being able to expand our programming. And so, um, yeah, it's a, re- it's a really great way to use this out of money. It's funny to be able to provide and expand services. Yeah, so tell us more about those services. What does that actually really look like? Yes, so um, I can give you a little walkthrough of exactly what that uh, services look like and provide on the day-to-day. So there's a young person that's referred to us by the Department of Children and Family Services and we're able to connect with the young person and it's very much youth-led and when it's youth-led we um, engage with the youth and if there's natural supports involved we also wrap around the family whoever this the young person considers to be family um, what's specific and need about our program and our services is that they're very much tailored around their sexual orientation their gender expression their gender identity um, and this can look very much like uh, a young person just recently coming out of the closet, um, wanting to um, come out to uh, a person that they they identify as a family member, a friend, a school administrator, whoever that might be. And so uh, we, along the lines, uh, help them and support them being able to come out. And then we also provide the intervention um, with the the services to the person that that it is that they consider to be their caregiver. So... um, Let's just say, for example, a person is just coming out as a trans-identified. We're able to link them up with these services to Children's Hospital. We provide the resources to be able to start helping them shape and um, begin their transition. Not only that, but we also have education. We have employment. And we have the services that we're able to provide for the adults 
um, with being able to say, hey, listen, it's very normal and it's okay if you do not know where to start, where you, if you don't have the language, if you don't know what's happening, that's very much okay. Mm-hmm. But we're here to be able to guide you, to support you, to listen of what are the needs that you might have. Okay, that sounds that sounds like a lot, and it's so needed. I mean, has uh, the state been as supportive in the past? Um, you know, I would say, like, in the past, it's been a little bit of a, you know, a, I would say more of a little bit back and forth. But now, you know, since these conversations are happening and this fiscal year budget went into place, I mean, it's just been, it's booming. I think the collaboration and the conversations that need to be had are definitely at the forefront of the table. And finally, how can people support more of what you're doing beyond the amount of money, obviously, uh, Newsom has given you? Can you, can you say the very beginning? Well, how can people support or get more involved? Yes. So people can support one by being volunteers. The LA mm. Center, definitely. We welcome uh, volunteers anytime. Um, that would, That's one way. Second is word of mouth, being able to share and provide and, and say, hey, the LA Center has these resources, has this, um, has this program called the RICE program. These are, if there's any youth ages two years old to 24 years old, this is a place to go that has an open DCFS case or that currently even had one open. They don't even have to have a current open DCFS case. We are the people to be able to say, go here, because more than likely we either have a support group, we have, uh, as I mentioned, education, employment, housing for youth that are part of the community that are 18 years old to 24 years old. So those are some ways that, you know, the community can be involved and can also support and help. Amazing. Well, that was Joe Serta, Youth and Family Connections Manager at the LA LGBT Center. Thank you again. Thank you. So what's a career field you thought would pay well but did not? The Internet is sounding off on this one and the responses are somewhat hilarious. Okay. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. BuzzFeed posted this article asking, what's a career field you thought would pay well but did not at all? (laughs) The responses are uh, sadly funny, you know. Um, And I want to know first, what do you think are some of those careers? Or what did you think? Like, if you had to pick a career field that would pay well but you know does not. Um, I, well, I mean... (laughs) Okay. No response. <laughs> well, no, I have a response. I just don't know if it's the being, right response being, that I should have. What? I think... Um, being in radio? Or just being, uh, being, being inter- in being entertainment. Being in media. Being in media. You would think... 
I remember watching people doing these jobs and like, you know, thinking like, oh my God, they're living the life. They're making so much money. No, honey, they're making pennies. And then they're just, they're everywhere because they're struggling because they need to pay their rent. So they have to be everywhere. <laughs> you have to have 10 jobs. <laughs> oh my God, you are working so much. Everyone wants to hire you. Yeah. Yeah, girl, because I'm trying to pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could get paid for like how long, how many jobs, like how many things you add up to your IMDb. That it's is like, so funny. Um, yeah. So some of these things that folks posted here is uh, vet said people assume that the steep bills of the vet's office go right into the vet's pockets, but most vets only make thirty an hour. Oh. Yeah, I would think. I feel like unless you're like yeah, yeah. a rich vet. Yeah. I feel like we work for rich people. Yeah, you know they'll pay a lot. Yeah. Um, this is, I'm not, I mean, I don't know. This person said teaching, even though we all know teachers don't unfortunately make money. It sucks, right? Um, plumbers and electricians. She, uh, someone goes, I didn't realize how well certain trade jobs pay growing up until some people I know were going into those fields and told me how they are, have already paid off most of their loans. Wow. That is true. Some of those you could actually make, like being a contractor. There's some, um, more quote unquote what people would call blue collar jobs mm-hmm. that actually pay a lot of money. Really? Including now with, uh, yeah, like didn't you hear like Walmart was uh, paying truck drivers like a hun- over $100,000? No, but also like you have to give up so much. Yeah, like there's a lot of that. There's also uh, dangerous jobs that pay you a lot too. Like what? Um, or like ones that just like require you leaving your family for months. On I end. wonder, I feel like one of those jobs, well, I don't think it would be one of those. I feel like it's a, a, a job that's probably shocking about how much money it makes or like people who work in morgues. I feel like people who work in morgues are like, or funeral homes. Oh yeah. They make a lot. You know so why? Because the business is always happening. <laughs> no. It's, so I, yeah. Cause I know someone that works at a funeral home, like, um, a cemetery. Yeah. Um, actually my housemate's friend and he comes over a lot and he tells me these crazy stories and he's like, yeah, like I was nonstop working obviously during COVID. Oh wow. I mean, during crazy times. Yeah. It's like, anyway, (laughs) um, next, I mean, there's there's so many others. We got to wrap. It is time to wrap. (laughs) It's actually really time to wrap. It's okay. Let's, um, let's, let's just, uh, let's close the coffin on that one. All right, let us know what jobs you thought would pay well and just don't at LGT Show is where you can find us on social media. Next up, why this Kentucky Teacher of the Year quit her profession. It has to do with the LGBTQ community. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Hello and welcome back to the show. Don't worry, we've got more music coming up on Channel Q. And we also have a music star joining us in 15 minutes, Betty Who, who's got some new music coming out. And uh, a new single will be playing here this hour. And also, she's hosting a new show, so a lot of new stuff happening. Yes. We're in the time of Betty Who. Oh, Betty Who? Yes. Uh, And also stick around for some tea with Ryan in a moment, some entertainment news. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Brittany Griner's lawyers uh, spoke out after she pleaded guilty in a Russian court today for drug possession. A return to the U.S. may be contingent on the guilty plea, and here they are. And did Brittany say what uh, made her take this decision today? Do you have any explanation for why she decided? She's a responsible person. And uh, she admitted that uh, it was uh, her, hers, but she said that it was unintentionally brought to 
to Russia because she was in a, in a hurry as she was packing and it was just by accident it ended up in, in her luggage. Considering her personality and that she is a role model to many people, to many young people, she just thinks she should be responsible for her actions. Ugh. All right, well, we'll see what happens and hopefully this leads to her getting freedom and coming back to the U.S. I know, it's strategy super, is. It's super frustrating that it's taking so long and it's unfortunate. I mean, it happened to be during also one of the, the timing of it just yeah. was really bad also. Uh, moving on to what's happening in Kentucky, uh, 2022 Teacher of the Year is getting a lot of attention after he quit the profession because of homophobia. Willie Carver Jr. is alleging that school administrators repeatedly tried to stifle LGBTQ identities at his former high school in Montgomery, and now he is sharing his story. So really unfortunate and really a look at what's happening around the country as um, more of these trans bills and anti-LGBTQ bills and rhetoric are being implemented and in schools across the country, including these places, these types of states. And finally, uh, TikTok seems to be in a more and more trouble. The parents of two young girls who died after they were said to have taken part in the blackout challenge on TikTok are suing the popular social media app. It's the second time the platform has faced a lawsuit over the same challenge. This is just so sad. The challenge encouraged social media users to choke themselves until they pass out, according to the lawsuit. And the children's parents are actually represented by the Social Media Victims Law Center, a law firm that works to hold social media companies legally accountable for the harm they inflict on vulnerable users. So really unfortunate what happened there. And I hope that you know, they get the justice that they deserve because yeah. they're saying that these videos in the algorithm were being pushed and there was no warning or notice and that they're, you know, they're in the For You page. So it's hard to ignore them. And then they need to be flagged, including if they're putting people's lives at risk. I don't know. I feel like that it's it's so wild because I feel like just this year alone, I've seen so much so much news come out from like young TikTokers where they have died or like passed or like, I don't know what's going on in that space of all of these like weird stories that are really kind of happening on that are coming from TikTok, especially when it comes to the users there. Well, yeah, these challenges it's are really problematic because some of them most yeah, definitely a challenge. Um, they, you know, you're doing things to your body or they're pranks and like uh, like jumping and falling and this and that. And it's just like it's dangerous. It can be very dangerous. And that was what's training this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? All right. So um, the interesting thing about, I mean, Chris Jenner is speaking out about how she feels about her children having kids out of wedlock, which feels like such a dated conversation to have, especially now. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Well, um, you know, she was on Martha Stewart's podcast and she spoke about, you know, how she feels about, you know, even her, she, Chris got pregnant with her first child on her honeymoon, but she doesn't mind that her kids are having babies out of wedlock. Here is a little bit of what she had to say. Going out and getting pregnant with right? men who are not their, who are not their husbands. Okay. <laughs> That was the goss. No, there was. There's a video, but I mean, you know. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Once, two weeks and two days later, and I know that because wow. all the Armenian ladies were probably counting. So I was like, "No, I promise, I got pregnant on my honeymoon." You know, those were the days that I'm very old-fashioned. 
so now that she's like, Courtney started having kids out of wedlock, you know, Chris, I mean, so did, um, who else? Kim did as well. All of them have. None of them are married. Yeah. Well, now Courtney's married. But yeah. she's not. She's trying to get pregnant again. I, know. I hope that happens for her. But also, like, yeah, I, I, I mean, think, that's the modern way. Yeah, but they also like, tend to forget, like, biology, no matter how much you want to look young, biology can, you know, remind you of your age and the, the troubles oh, that's true. of kind of going through these that things. The and I think, you know, Courtney is the oldest out of all of them. Yeah. Which means she's closer to Chris's no, age when you no, think about it. No, she's not. <laughs> you said Courtney? She, Courtney's the oldest out of all the sisters. How, she, how old is she? Let Courtney me see. is the oldest. Did you not know that? Yeah, I know. She's 43, yeah. That's like, what I'm like. That's what I'm she saying. She good. She does. But, I mean, uh, of course yeah, she looks she is, good. But it's true. Biology. Biology you know, will remind you sucks. of that, unfortunately. Well, yeah, it, it's harder, which is why I got to get on it. You know? I mean, it, seeing stories What's like gonna this. What's going to come first? You're the, the Elon Musk van? That Shira's going to put all our kids in, or is it going to oh. be, you know? I, I think I'm going to go for something a little chill and more subtle, uh, some other hybrid situation. All right, that's your team report. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted, yeah. This is the review of Vans. Okay, coming up, oh my God, we should be more excited because we have Betty Who joining us right after this stick around. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so guess what? We have a very special guest on the show today. Yes. I am so obsessed with this next artist who is gracing us with her presence because, honey, let me tell you, she was all up and down pride season as usual. And um, Betty Who is an icon that I have been obsessed with for a very long time. She has a new song called Blow Out My Candle. And she also did a surprise appearance with uh, Jake Wesley Rogers at WeHo Pride Amazing. this year. And it was so incredible. Please welcome back to the show, Betty Who. Oh, what's up? Oh, my God. You guys. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, we, I'm so happy to be here. We haven't seen you since the pandemic and doing a Zoom with you. I know. it was. Uh, we were emotional wrecks, basically, we were. going through this. I remember this. this. <laughs> yes, I do. I remember this very, very specifically. We, we really connected. We I know. Did. But you've been so busy since. I remember that it was, like, you know, different for you to be stuck inside, taking a break, doing the introspection. But it seems like you've been very busy since. Yeah, tell me about it. No, especially the last couple of months have definitely ramped up, but it feels so good to be back doing the thing that I love. I think I'm trying to come to terms with the way that I want to do it, you know, a, a little differently this time. So I'm I'm really enjoying this sort of new freedom and, and like exciting empowerment that I'm feeling putting yeah. out this music. It definitely, it's ramping up for sure. No, it's actually been so beautiful to see because you, you jumped right back into the swing of things like you never left. And I think blow out my candle was such a beautiful song to drop in the, in the midst of everything, especially because we've been, I feel like fans have been longing for new music from you. Talk to us about this new song and what it really meant to you. And, and, and especially now releasing it to the world. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's definitely a an interesting experience once the song is out, right? Because I've heard Blow Up My Candle 10 gajillion million times at this point just because of, you know, getting through demos and mixing and all of the things. And so now I'm, now it's not mine anymore, you know, it's everybody else's. So it's interesting to like see people post videos singing along to it. It's kind of almost like an out-of-body experience. I'm like, whoa, whoa, how do you have that? And then I'm like, oh yeah, it's out in the world. I think 
the thing that makes it feel real to me is performing it on stage and, and building the number of the show. You know, I think that that's the thing that I do best and the thing I love the most. And so I've, the couple shows, the very few and far between shows that I have been playing over Pride, having bought my candle in the set mm-hmm. is such a, an exciting part of it. And it makes it feel so real. I'm like, oh my God, I, you know, it's not just me doing the same numbers that I have been singing now yeah. for what feels like a million years, like to have this new blood in it. I just, I'm so, I'm kind of chomping at the bit to have the whole record out so I can just rebuild the entire show and have this new world be the place that I'm, I'm performing from every night. Uh, definitely. We're again talking to Betty Who. I mean, this is such a beautiful gift during the show today. Now, speaking of like your your interpretation versus your community's interpretation of Blow Out My Candle, is it different? How has it changed since you've kind of let it go? Because I've been seeing so many, re- like also with the music video, so many questions. So many questions. Oh my God, I'm an open book, sister. I'll tell you anything you want to know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, how has yeah. it changed from like the, what you created and then putting it out there? Do you feel like your audience's, uh, you know, interpretation of it is different? Yeah, I think I think the thing that really strikes me is how, um, how much work I sort of had to do before it came out to be ready to let it go, if that makes sense. Like, it felt like I was sort of holding on to holding on to it for dear life while I was finishing up the other music for the album, which we're still sort of in the process of we're getting mixes back now. It's like almost real. I, the last couple of days I've really been like, Oh my God, I, I really have an album here. This is pretty crazy. And I think that the experience of, of holding on to everything and being so cre- like protective over your children as you're making this record, like to release it out into the world on its own is I think, you know, both painful. It's kind of like emptiness nest syndrome, you know, I'm yeah. like, releasing it out and going like, okay, like, I believe that you can do well on your own and I don't need to, you know, worry about this anymore. I can just let this go and let it be and not, you know, cause I can't, I can't control what happens to the song and I just hope that people love it. All I actually really hope is that it, it inspires people or makes people feel a little bit sort of seen or, or motivated to, to keep on the path and, and keep doing the thing that they're doing, keep their head down, like yeah. put your blinders on, just, just focus on you and, and know that one day it'll come good. If you just work hard enough and you stick at it. And I think that I've been trying to motivate myself to remember that. And that's why that was the first song that I wanted to put out. And so now when people are experiencing it, my friend texted me being like, dude, I listen to it every day in the gym. And I'm like, that is exactly what you want to hear. That's what I want. I want you to be like, last set, can't do it. And then blow out my candle comes on and you're like, oh yeah, I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. And I think, I think you are inspiring people to push forward, especially even in the work that you're doing, not only as a musician, but as a host of a new prime video dating series, the one that got away. We're going to take a quick little break because when we get back, I want you to tell us all about this and then we'll have more conversation coming up next with more Betty Who. Don't go anywhere let's go there with shira and ryan channel q we are back with betty who oh my god the musician the icon the legend and new host of prime videos dating series the one that got away and betty who i heard this show was pretty queer tell us more about it it is one of my favorite parts about the show the one that got away is that we have six singles and one of them is a queer person is a gay man his name is jeff and we get to experience his uh, relationships and journey into his past, his identity, the way that he came out, like 
his experience with his sexuality. I just, I think it was so powerful and beautiful that Jeff's story was in between these other five heterosexual, you know, heteronormative relationships that we have seen so much of. You know, I didn't want it to feel like it was the gay storyline, and I don't think it ever did. It just felt like Jeff's story in between, you know, Alyssa's story and Ashley's story and Nigel's story, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's like I think having it be so spotlit, but also completely in in between, sandwiched in between all of these other relationships, it just felt so normal and nice and actually representative to me and it just it made me really emotional the first time I watched the show through I was like oh my gosh like I'm a part of something that is that is actually about representation like it's so rare to see queer couples on dating shows and it's I just thought I also thought they were one of the Jeff was one of the best parts of the whole show all of his the boys that came in for Jeff and that come come to have a relationship with him like they're some of my favorite people and personalities on the show. And it, yeah. it adds so much color because queer people are fabulous. Queer people are <laughs> fun and alive. And I just think it, it, you know, we had a conversation on set where someone was like, why don't, why haven't, hasn't every dating show been doing this for forever? This is the best part of the whole show. And we were all in agreement on set about that. Oh, that's so, that's so great. And it's a big part because of you, you know, hosting it and you doing that. So you're now a musician, you're a host. Are there any other jobs you're going to add this year? <laughs> you know, don't put it past me. I am, I'm definitely um, adding a couple things to my resume as we speak. I'm, oh. I'm hoping to continue to diversify. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I just, I love being creative and anytime I get an opportunity to show up and try and bring work. I love to collaborate as well. And so that's, I think what I'm looking for more of is music is, is so dependent on that is my number one place that I have all of the creative control. I have to have all of the vision and all of the, you know, there is, there's a lot of pressure. And so I'm really enjoying being a part of different creative experiences that I don't have to be in charge of. Oh my God. I <laughs> and know the one that's that got right. away was a good, good example of that. I was like, you want me to stand here and say some stuff? And then <laughs> right. you want me to go away? I was like, I love this for me. <laughs> well, I, I feel like one thing that I really admire about you is you always use your platform to actually speak out about the things that are so important. And obviously so much has been going on in the world from Roe v. Wade to, I mean, anti-trans legislations and, you know, anti-queer legislation that's plaguing this country. And I just wonder, what are your thoughts about everything kind of going on? And has it impacted your creativity? And is it something that you want to take on in, in this this new album that's coming out, you know, by the end of this year? Yeah, I think I think a lot about how much my community has impacted the way that I see the world now. You know, being a part of the people who have shown up for me in my career and my fans who have come to me and said, this music is impactful to me like the different kinds of those people, the different walks of life those people come from. I feel like I've learned so much about the power of music, bringing people together from all of these different backgrounds and experiences. But I think the one thing that we all have in common is that we all really want to be seen. Uh, We all really want to feel safe. And I think that's what I came into making this record thinking about and I want to create a community and a, and a record, a soundscape, but also like, you know, a physical community at a show, you know, live music is, is my breath that is in my lungs. You know, that is the, the thing that ha- I think is the most powerful experience that humans can have together is to share music. And so to create an environment that is safe and where you feel seen at a show, like that's why 
pop girlies can change the world. You know, mm-hmm. that's why there are millions of monsters all over the world who say that Lady Gaga saved their lives. It's like because she did. She yeah. literally did with the power of music and her ability to make someone feel like they are worthy. And I think that's something that I, I really want to feel responsible for is, is creating a safe environment. Yes. And I think that I'm, I'm really grateful for the life that I have had. And there's so much about American culture, especially as someone who didn't necessarily grow up in it, that I have come to admire and love and feel respect for. And there are other parts about it that are need to be addressed. And I think that that's culturally where we're at in the world. And I'm, you know, I, I think I'm wrestling with that just as much as the next person, but I really, I hope to, you know, I hold out hope that America can be a place that, you know, provided the safe space for me that I feel like I had when I was growing up in this country coming into myself. And I had so many opportunities and I had such a beautiful life and I think it can provide that. Um, And I hope, you know, the change that needs to be enacted, we're on the path to creating. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yeah. Yes, Queen. This one goes to a company using the pride flag in a great way, kind of adding a new level to that and uh, extending pride, you could say. (laughs) So for the second year in a row, an Idaho radio station um, used uh, the pride flag you know, with with their logo for Pride Month, right? So they had their logo with a pride flag in the background. And it's a rock station, a classic rock station, as you can imagine, in Ohio. No, Idaho, sorry. So you can, <laughs> you know the types of responses they got, right? It wasn't necessarily the best responses, unfortunately. A lot of homophobic, gross responses. And so how did they respond to all of that, you might ask? Well, instead of them just, you know, doing the wrong thing, they said, well, guess what? Because of all this, the flag stays up for another month. Deal <laughs> with it. If we lose fans, that's fine, they wrote. If we keep getting harassed, then it will go another month. I love Plus, that. Plus, Freddie Mercury rules. That's incredible. Yeah. We love that type of allyship. I mean, that that is pretty amazing. They're just like, you get one more month. Yeah, so the keep, more, keep, uh, keep hating. Yeah, exactly. keep complaining. I give them credit for that because we've seen a lot of companies go the other direction. So good on well, you. Well, especially radio because everything's all about, you know, the, the ratings. Of yeah, it. exactly. It gets very bureaucratic. So... Congrats, big yes, queen, to 96.9 The Eagle Classic Rock in Idaho. Yes, queen. And that does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow wrapping up the week with you. Shar Giselle joins us on the mic in the studio. It's going to be a Friday summer party. So definitely come back and hang out with us. We've got music. We've got great information and entertainment. Also, if you miss any of our interviews or shows, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember, it's going to be a Friday summer party. (laughs) (laughs) I just branded that. (laughs) Copyrighted. Trademarked. Um, Have a great night and stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris right after this. Bye, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 